Welcome to Positive Impact with Andrew Schultz. Are you struggling with stress and anxiety? Are you numbing out with drugs, alcohol, pornography, food, or Netflix? Are you lacking direction and purpose? Do you feel like you're just surviving and going through the motions? If you answered yes to any of these questions, trust me, I understand. I can relate. I've been there. And we're all meant to thrive, not just survive. My name is Andrew Schultz, and as a transformational life coach, I specialize in behavior change. My life purpose is to be present and connected, to empower, support, serve, and inspire so that others know they're not alone. And I've helped hundreds of clients from all walks of life create maximum success, significance, and fulfillment. If you want to take the first step in your positive impact transformation journey, click on the link in the show notes to schedule a free 30-minute connection call today. Because you're worth it and you deserve it. Hey friends, welcome back to Positive Impact. Today I have a special guest, David Ramiro. David, welcome. Hey, thanks so much, Andrew. Appreciate you having me here. So you are officially the first guest that I'm going to let you share your own bio. So what do you want? So this is your opportunity. What do you want people to know about you? Oh, wow. Um, I don't know where to begin on that one, but uh, just a short bio. Um, a little bit about me, friends. Uh, my name is David. I live in Southern California, Los Angeles area. I've been teaching yoga and mindfulness for almost 14 years, or excuse me, almost 10 years now. Uh, but I am ex-military, grew up in a military family, uh, was in the military, got out as a captain in the Air Force, and uh, was in the medical device field for a long time, got into surgery center sales, and then got out of that and really started focusing on mindfulness and, uh, um, you know, coaching and, and helping people from the inside out. So that's my sort of, you know, quick bio. Uh, first thing that comes up, thank you for your service. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. I have uh, a lot of respect for the men and women who have served and sacrificed and thank you. It's, an, it's important that we acknowledge you for your service. So thank you for all that you have done and continue to do. Absolutely. Thank you. And for people listening, David came on my radar three years ago, uh, right when the pandemic hit. Uh, we were both teaching yoga. We were both sharing our gifts and being of service online. And I started paying attention. And, you know, over the last couple of years, your message 
has been more and more relevant. And, you know, the reason I wanted to have you on, David, is, you know, it seems uh, as of late, your journey and your focus in plant medicine has been very much in alignment with mine. And I think these conversations are more important now than ever before. And, you yeah. know, my intention is to, you know, to change the narrative, to, to empower people to make their own decisions and their own opinions um, on, you know, what plant medicine is. And um, there's a lot of stigmas and a lot of uh, misinformation out there. And I, I want this conversation to just give people something to think about um, and formulate their own opinion as we share our own firsthand experience with our own journeys over the last couple of years. Yeah, love it. So what has been a transformational moment in your life, David, an aha moment that inspired you onto the path that you're on today? Um, I would say the most transformative thing that took place in my life was the passing of my mother when I was 18 years old. Um, I was at the Air Force Academy away from home um, when I found out it happened. Uh, she passed away of uh, cancer. And it definitely shifted some things inside of me that um, I find the reason why I do the work that I do today is because of all of that. And um, um, while she has transitioned and passed, I do feel her with me on a regular basis and her teachings still guide my heart and uh, my hands. So, yeah. Was there a moment in your life, David, after her passing um, and this might be my projection onto you and for people listening, but was there a time where there was a self-medication and a, a dark night of the soul period after that? Uh, yes, there was. Um, you know, when you're 18 years old and you lose that sort of feminine figure in your life, and then also going into a military academy, because I went to the Air Force Academy, um, there is a lot of pressure to not necessarily lean into your feelings or connect to whatever's going on. So there was a lot of suppression of sadness and a lot of suppression of anger. And uh, as a result of that, uh, I know that I turned towards alcohol, which runs in my family, and later on turned to some harder drugs as a result of that, because I didn't really understand myself that much. I didn't have a healthy relationship with myself. And so because of that, I was searching externally for things to try to make myself feel complete. Mm. So yes, there was definitely a dark night of the soul there. So <laughs> I think we have a lot of stories we could probably share about that. <laughs> uh, well, it's not a coincidence that you're on here and it's, it's Mental Health Awareness Month. Here we are in May, 2023. And it's, it's these kind of conversations, David, I know your, your honesty and vulnerability are the things that draw me to you. And I know mm. people, I know you have a very strong community who follows you. Um, and there's a reason for that. And I, that's why we're having this conversation because so many, especially men out there are struggling to be able to tap into that. And that suppression of feelings and emotions, that avoidance, that numbing out as a way to cope um, it, it's, it's killing us, us men and hurting our families. And that's why this conversation is so important because I want to shine the light of awareness on, you know, your own journey and how you got from there and, and to where you are today. And, and for me to share my rock bottom eight years ago and mm -hmm. the things that helped me get to where I am today. And that's what I want. That's why this conversation uh, is so important. 
Yeah, thank you for bringing these topics up. It is important and I think they're undervalued and I feel like a lot of men don't really know where to go to to have conversations like this. Um, I think there's a lot of fear behind it. Uh, also, as you mentioned, vulnerability, um, the potential of being taken advantage of because now you've talked about something personal. Um, a lot of men are told to suppress that, not deal with it, shove it down. And as a result of that conditioning, and, and it's generations of conditioning too, it's not just one generation, it's multitudes of them. Um, while we have this sort of out of balance experience that a lot of men are having today. And now is the time to really start looking at it. Mm. So I think it's a great segue. What inspired you to, you know, the plant medicine journey? Why is, why is it so important that, you know, that you're, you're, you are where you are and you're bringing the, bringing awareness to this subject and topic right now, right now in this time in your life, why is it so important? Uh, it's important for me because I have always felt and believed that we can heal our lives, although there was times that I didn't necessarily listen to my own advice, but, you know, leaning into it more than ever now, I know that we can heal our lives, but it does take time. It takes presence and we can do that naturally. And, you know, I don't want to necessarily knock industries out there, but the idea of taking a forever drug. Um, that is made by man for profit repetitively over and over and over again that only treats symptoms and doesn't get down to root psychological causes is problematic. And we can see that it's problematic because what it's doing to the body, all of the many side effects that they have. Um, and I know that when we are resting properly, when we are eating properly for our own individual bodies, not for somebody else, uh, when we are exercising, when we're getting time out in nature on a regular basis, getting out of our cubicles and out of artificial light, going back to a more natural way that we can definitely heal our bodies. And a lot of this was insight from my first plant medicine journey, which was with ayahuasca back in 2016. Beautiful. And, and I think what comes up for me as I hear you share that, David, is, you know, when I, when I got sober on April 30th, 2015, you know, um, the first thing, you know, my rock bottom was April 29th, 2015. Okay. And, and I was taking a bunch of sleeping pills and not wanting to wake up. Um, and by the grace of God and the love of my family, they did an intervention. And I remember, <clears throat> you know, going to treatment. And the first thing that they did is they put me on antidepressant mm. as, as part of, you know, and, and over the, the, over the years, I, weaned off that antidepressant, but, um, a lot of people listening are in recovery. They're sober curious. Um, and so I, I think it's really important that we have this conversation because that was part of, and, and it worked for me mm -hmm. for a while, you know, that antidepressant. And, and then I weaned off because it wasn't how I wanted to show up. I wanted to be more natural and, mm -hmm. um, do all the things that you just said, you know, going to getting eight hours of sleep, getting outside in nature, moving my body. And I started doing those things and weaned off that antidepressant. And I think mm -hmm. that's why this conversation is so important because um, plant medicine for me over the last year and a half has allowed me to level up every other area of my life. Um, yes. And I just celebrated eight years of sobriety and plant awesome. medicine. Congratulations. Thank you. Plant medicine has been a, a big part of that along with the 12 steps 
you know, there's a 12 step program that I'm, I'm, I've always been involved in. I'm still involved with, I think it's really important, the community aspect and, and to be of service. Um, the 12 steps I think are applicable from, for everybody from all walks of life, but there was a new rock bottom that I hit in my sobriety. And it was on August 12th, 2021. And I was doing all the things that, you know, I was supposed to be doing in, 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 in the 12 step program. And there was an end of a relationship and, um, it was a Thursday night. And I remember I was tossing and turning and I couldn't sleep. And I remember I had a suicidal ideation and I had a thought mm. of getting some fentanyl and I never used fentanyl, but we all know it's, it's deadly. And that's where I found myself and it scared the hell out of me. And mm. it was a wake up call. And I, I reached out to a couple of men and they surrounded me with love. And, but it was a, it was a, it was a very dark time in my life that I don't talk about a lot. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I had been doing tons and tons of research on plant medicine. I knew all the medical therapeutic benefits. I know I knew of all the, the spiritual experiences, um, the clinical trials, and so when the student is ready, the teacher appears. And so yep. for me, my first plant medicine journey was on November 22nd, 2021. And for people listening, I think it's really important. There's so many modalities out there to help on our healing journey and to help us become more whole. And for me, it was a plant medicine journey with psilocybin, with a therapist, because my intention, David, was there was something blocking me from true intimacy with women. Mm -hmm. There was something getting in the way and I didn't know what it was. And so with, with huge reverence and intention going into that medicine journey, my intention was to heal my relationship with the feminine and to mm -hmm. uncover and see whatever I needed to see to, to heal. And in that five hour plant medicine journey, it was one of the most transformational experiences of my life. And the medicine shows us exactly what we need to see in order to heal. Mm -hmm. And in that journey, I, I saw the thing that was getting in the way. And there was trauma from early on in my life, some things that happened. I don't want to get into too many specifics because of, you know, other people involved. Um, but I got to experience that pain and suffering of that experience Mm -hmm. And for an hour and a half, David, and I know you know this because of your own experience with plant medicine, I had to make this decision. Who am I if I let the old story go of women are bad and can't be trusted? Mm -hmm. Who am I? What's the new? I have to create a new identity if I let this old one go. That means I have to step up and take radical responsibility for creating a new possibility in my relationship with women. And for an hour and a half, that push and pull, it was so, I, it was, <laughs> it was so gnarly and it's like the push and pull back and forth. And I finally made the decision after an hour and a half, I'm letting go, I'm forgiving and I'm creating a new possibility with, with the, my relationship with the feminine. And I mm -hmm. felt a visceral release in my right hip hamstring and vertebrae that somatically it was stripped more like, more like ripped from my skeleton. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it was an experience unlike, I've, un, unlike anything I've ever had in my life. And it was the most 
and to have access to that thing that was getting in the way, you know, for, for that plant medicine to set aside our default mode network in our ego mm -hmm. so we can see and have access to the thing that we need to see in order to heal. Um, I, I finally got access to that. And that's amazing. And before that plant medicine journey, David, my, my perspective, my thoughts, my belief was I'm a victim. I'm broken. There's mm -hmm. something wrong with me and I'm incapable of loving a woman and, and experiencing a deep loving partnership with a woman. The one thing I wanted more than anything else in the world, I thought I was incapable of having. Yeah. And that belief was stripped away and I got to create a new identity and belief as part of the integration process of that plant medicine journey. That's awesome. Yeah. And and, I, and for people listening, the integration, the preparation is just as important as the actual journey part of the experience with plant medicine. And what I got to do, David, is I got to pick up the phone, call that person and make amends mm. for years and years and years of that pain and suffering. I got to release and let it go. And for 45 minutes, we had a a, a, a moment, an embrace, an intimate connection and, and, and healing with somebody very important to me. And we got to heal and make it right. That's beautiful. Yes. And, and it's stepping into, it's the integration of doing the work after the journey that is so important that I really want for people listening. It's the integration. Like, what do we do with that information that we have access to? How do we how do we integrate it into our life, and what are we going to do with it? And that was a big part of my integration. Um, and so, I, thank you for letting me share that in, in such a vulnerable and honest way. Yeah, no, thank you for sharing that. Um, and you're absolutely right. Um, the integration portion of working with plant medicines is probably the most crucial. I mean, we could. I've been fortunate enough to work in the space since 2016, um, after my first ayahuasca ceremony, uh, started to lean into understanding more and more of it, because as you're aware, um, these are very potent ethnogenic, um, ethnogenic meaning something that connects us to something that is bigger or larger than us. Uh, some would say the divine, some would say God. I can't say that for somebody else, but I know mm. for me, it helped to connect to something deep, deep, deep within myself that was already there, but it had been covered up. And over the years of working with different plant medicines, different plant medicines, meaning um, uh, ayahuasca, um, marijuana, um, forms of tobacco like hape, um, guachuma, um, mescaline, peyote, um, and then on the fungal side, psilocybin-based mushrooms, um, learning and exploring and diving into all of that. Because if there's one thing that I've found, it's that all of these things, every time I've worked with them, working with them is the key phrase here. You're not using it to check out. You're working with it to work inside. Every single time that I've worked with them, they have helped me discover something, peeled back a layer to where I was blocking myself off from the rest of the world, and help me break through some of that egoic stuff that lays embedded in us that is a result of our conditioning. Mm. And, and, you know, as you were saying, 
yeah, I've had the opportunity now to work with hundreds of people in this, this field of work and to be able to coach and guide as well as my partner, Shelly. And um, there is a lot of negative there. It's, it's becoming more and more commonplace, but there's still some negativity around it. And I feel it's important to bring these things into light and to talk about them intellectually, to talk about them at a high clinical level rather than, oh yeah, you know, I just got some shrooms and you know, just hang out. Like it's not that. Mm-hmm. And if we're going in that direction with it, we're not working with the right intention. And if there's anything that I've found with plant medicines, if you're not working with them with the right intention, you're going to have a very challenging journey or trip or whatever we want to call it. These things deserve respect because they have been here much longer than us as human beings, and they will most likely live beyond us as well, too. But the preparation, the set and setting, and we can talk about that in a little bit, and the integration are all valuable pieces, and it takes coaching to work up to that. It's not just, uh, hey, I'm going to do this on a Saturday. It's a you know, I need to get my shit together, pardon my language, but I need to get my stuff together. I need to start making some behavioral changes up front so that way I can prepare my body to be able to take this in, to accept it, to work with it, and then to integrate it properly. Absolutely. And I'm so glad you, you're bringing this up because, you know, for me, David, I had I found a therapist that I trusted, that I had helped other people that I really respected and admired. Um, the weeks leading up to my psilocybin plant medicine journey, there was a lot of work, a lot of journaling, a lot of self-reflection, mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, what's bringing me to this moment? Why am I doing what I'm doing? Mm-hmm. And then it was, you know, the, the, it was very ceremonial, the set and setting mm-hmm. with prayers and reverence beforehand and the mask and the playlist and her supporting me for five hours mm-hmm. to make sure I was safe. Like to make sure I was safe. I knew she was there the whole entire time. She was there to support me and I knew she was there and I could, that that allowed me to release and surrender and let go to the medicine, which is so important. And so for people listening, like the set and setting, the preparation, the intention, the integration are so, so important. And the integration for me, David, afterwards is okay. Now what the fuck am I going to do with the information that I just got? It's time to go to work. It's time Mm -hmm. to step up and take radical responsibility for my life to create a new possibility with what's possible with the relationship with the feminine for me. Mm -hmm. And I picked up, I picked up the phone. I've talked to the person. We cleared it up. We, the, in that conversation, David, you know, in, in forgiving and, and the forgiveness and healing the resentment and the, in the trauma Mm -hmm. there was a conversation that gave me a lot of context to things I didn't know. And Mm -hmm. so there's the the amount of compassion I had for this person and the healing, it was so beautiful. And for 45 minutes, we cried, she cried and we made peace. And I was able to finally, and I didn't know that pain and suffering was there. Mm -hmm. And the plant medicine showed me exactly what I needed to see to heal, not what I wanted to see, but what I needed to see. Yes. And I stepped into a new relationship shortly thereafter and showed up in a way that I've never showed up in a relationship. It, like in a healthy masculine, like 
not expecting her to come to me. I go to her, not hiding behind text message, picking up the fucking phone and being a man because subconsciously for all those years, I didn't know, but I was, my actions were being driven by that, by that pain and suffering from that trauma from my Mm -hmm. early childhood. And so my Mm -hmm. behaviors were, were blocking me because Mm -hmm. there was something subconsciously that was there that I didn't know was there. And so part of the integration was showing up in a way that I've never showed up. And here I am, I just moved up to, we've been in Bend, Oregon. I've been dating my partner for a year and a half now. We just moved up to Bend, Oregon. We've been up here for five and a half months and I've, been able to experience a level of unconditional love that I didn't think was possible just a year and a half ago, just a year and a half ago. I had another suicidal ideation because I didn't think I was capable of loving a woman in a way that I wanted to. Mm. And so for people listening, it's so important that I share this. This is my truth. And so I am capable of loving a woman. I am capable of deep connection and and sacred union and intimacy with heart open and walls down. I just needed to release and let go of the trauma that I was holding on to that I didn't know I was holding on to. But thanks to the plant medicine, it gave me access to, to the thing that was getting in the way and allowed me to create a new possibility in my relationship with women, with a feminine in, in particular. And Man, I'm just so freaking grateful that um, I'm so grateful that I had this experience that I can share it with you on this podcast because this yeah. is my truth. And we all, we all deserve to have this level of freedom and to, ex- to experience and have a deep capacity to, to love ourselves and another person. Agreed. Absolutely. Yeah. You said something that, that came up for me and that was, uh, you know, the medicine shows you what you need to do. You cannot go into a medicine ceremony thinking that you're going to tell the medicine what to do. Um, medicine ceremonies are deeply rooted in tradition. And I know that there's a lot of different type. Um, um, I would strongly recommend doing your research ahead of time if you are going to connect with someone about it, because, um, you know, I, I, I hate to say it, but there are a lot of people. There is a lot of also potential abuse in this field. Um, There's a lot of Craigslist shamans out there. There are people that um, are using this sometimes in um, unhealthier ways or um, just not saying that to scare anybody out there, but I think it's important for people to do their research because I've seen people also that just take the medicine with no integration. Their minds and their hearts are blown wide open but it's that counseling and that therapy that takes place afterwards, which is so important. And because psilocybin, for instance, is still considered a schedule one drug, which I don't know why at all. However, if you wanna look at the history behind this, it was back in the 1970s during the Nixon administration, uh, during the psilocybin mushroom LSD revolution, that everything got thrown into the bucket of schedule one, which means that Um, There's no medical diagnosis or medical necessity uh, for it and um, is high for abuse. Now, I don't know about anybody else, but the last thing I can even possibly think of is thinking that I want to get high on a regular basis with this stuff because I don't see how anybody could be (laughs) addicted to it. However, I do recognize since I have worked in the mental health and sobriety field for, uh, for the past four years that when people are hurting, 
They will do anything that they can to check out. Mm. But I will say this. In the last year, in 2022, there was 76,000 overdoses of opiates. There was over 100,000 alcoholic-related deaths. And there was only four mushroom-related deaths that weren't even psilocybin-related. They were because the taxonomy was misidentified when people were foraging and they ate the wrong mushrooms. Yet, we are told that this thing that grows naturally in nature is illegal. I don't know of anything in nature that has ever been called illegal by the human species. I think that's just absolutely nuts. It needs to be looked at again. Mm -hmm. But I also recognize, I feel, why that may be in place. And perhaps that's another discussion later on. But the fact of the matter is, is very hard to make a buck off of nature. But if you make it in a lab, you can reproduce it very quickly and you can make profits off of it. So um, I'll leave it kind of at that. Um, and I, I, I think it's, it. I think it's really important, David, for people listening, you touched on something important, the toxicity levels of all the, um, of all the, the, the drugs, if you will, mm-hmm. alcohol is the most toxic mm-hmm. and psilocybin mushrooms are the least toxic. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's science. It's fact. It's objective information. It's not me inserting my own belief. Yeah. Um, I think it's also important for people listening. And this is, you know, I started this podcast five and a half years ago, David, to share my truth and to shine the light of awareness on things that have helped my own journey and helped me become a better person, mind, body, and spirit, and to share with truth and vulnerability, the things that have helped me get to where I am today. Mm -hmm. And this is an important topic. And, you know, for people I know in recovery, you know, the, the truth is this. In the 1950s, there were communities of Alcoholics Anonymous, people in AA who were having breakthrough um, results using plant medicine. Bill Wilson, the founder of AA, was very involved with plant medicine in the 50s and 60s. And he um, his, his positive experiences, I know he wanted to incorporate that into the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous using plant medicine. And so mm-hmm. these are just truths that need to be highlighted. Again, not my own, what I, it's not my opinion. This is just the truth that the plant medicine it has been around for a long, long time, helping a lot of different people. And, mm-hmm. you know, my intention is to share how plant medicine has transformed my own life. And I know it's transformed your own life and to have this conversation in a way that is, it's our truth. And it's so mm-hmm. important that we, this is the topic that needs to be had right now at this time, in my in my opinion. And so that's why I'm glad that we are shining the light of awareness on these truths. Yeah, it's a, it's a very fascinating topic, especially when you look at the history of it. I mean, there is so much history in the use of psychedelic medicine as um as is part of a healing art you know we've all heard of the word shamanism although shamanism doesn't take necessarily the same name as it used to back then um but in siberia i mean there is pictographs and images and stories written in codexes about shamans helping heal people in their tribes um and before it was actually the shaman that would take the medicine not the practitioner the shaman would take the medicine go into a meditative state And as they go into a meditative state, 
they would figure out what was going on with the individual because it was helping them to connect to the divine. And then they would come out of that meditative state and tell them exactly what was going on. I'm reading a very fascinating book right now called The Psilocybin Solution. I recommend it. Um, but it also looks at like the Aztecs and the Toltecs and then out in Finland and out in Europe and all over, these things have been used as rituals and rites. In fact, it's even believed that early priests have used it and it was considered sacred sac sacrament because only the priests could take it because if you gave it to the commoner, now they would have these insights. And so it was actually kept away from the commoner intentionally. Mm. But if you go down to Mexico, where a lot of um, um, the initial work around the mushrooms came from, uh, as we understand it from an anthropology standpoint, um, Oaxa, Mex Mexico, um, they would sit with their shaman or cuarenderas or cuarenderos, those are basically medicine holders, and they would sit in shacks and they would sit with the medicine and lay down and they go on their journey with it. And it's been, it, it's been healing people. And I believe it was in the 1950s, a large article came out in Time Magazine that said that this was something very, very different, which was interesting also because it was the time when all the gadgetry and all the rest of the world was starting to come online with technology. So um, there is, there was a period of like 40 years where there was just absolutely nothing done about it because it was just shame. You were shamed if you had this, every drug was bad. You probably remember the 1980s and nineties, the dare program, which we mm -hmm. both went through. There was, uh, you know, just say no to drugs and, uh, this is your brain on drugs. So now you've developed this propaganda image inside of a child mind that this thing from nature which was used for healing for thousands of years all of a sudden in the 1980s and 90s is now bad why was it bad no one ever questioned it um but the beautiful part was is, is that in the early 2000s there started becoming more research you know and anybody who's ever heard of paul stamets knows that he's sort of the um uh guru so to speak of understanding mushrooms and um, I've taken a lot of notes and studied a lot of his work and um, we see more and more that there's actually value added to these things when, and why are we taking them out of, of people's hands when if worked with properly with the correct um, coaching you can actually step someone down from their drugs you can move them away from these forever drugs yeah. And now you have something that's made from nature that you can use on a semi basis as needed versus having to take something every single day. One of the major issues I have, and this is a Davidism, and I'm sorry, I'm going to insert this, but I worked in the medical industry for a long time. I saw how it functioned. And this was in the days where pharma reps would come in, they would buy and take people out to dinners and wine and dine people. I know that because I did that too in medical device sales. I know that you know, you have this company that is creating a drug that, you know, has the researcher who's never taken the drug, the um, president of the company that's never taken the drug. You have the pharma rep that's never taken the drug. You mm -hmm. have the distributor that's never taken the drug. You have the doctor that's never taken the drug now telling you how to take the drug without even knowing how it interacts within their own body. And one of the things that's, I think, valuable, important to understand about plant medicine is that every, almost everybody that I'm aware of has worked with it in some way, shape, or form. 
They can talk about its interactions inside of their body. Mm -hmm. They can help coach from an actual experiential space, experiential meaning I now have wisdom because I know how it feels as opposed to, I don't know how this feels, but I'm just going to give it to you. Mm -hmm. Th that, and that's supposed to be health. These five degrees of separation, health, making a huge profit for investors at the end of the day, health. Like, I, I, I think this needs to be talked about. Again, I understand that there is compassion around some of these pharmaceuticals, and I'm not saying necessarily every pharmaceutical is bad. I think that we've made a lot of great headway in some areas of it. However, when we're on something for more than six months and it's not helping us, then we need to look someplace else, not just a 20 minute phone call with a doctor saying, hey, I'm out of my prescription. You know, can you write me another 90 day prescription? And then, OK, here you go. Take this drug for the next 90 days and then tell me if something's wrong. Like you're giving someone drugs that's in an, uh, a very um, precarious place emotionally and psychologically and then telling them to do this every day without even coaching them. It's mm. irresponsible in my opinion. That's again, it's my opinion because now you're trusting some, you're having to just trust the patient for their own mental faculties when a lot of the stress, pain, tension, everything else is a result of the mental faculties in the first place, Does, if that makes sense. Absolutely. So I, I, I feel that... <clears throat> Allopathic medicine is going to be making a strong right turn coming up soon because people are starting to see that, you know, these drugs are just treating symptoms. They're not getting down to root causes. And you can make a profit off of someone if you're treating symptoms. But if you start to get down to the root cause and someone actually makes that major change in their life and have that breakthrough, well, now they're no longer tethered to your drug anymore and you don't have a client anymore. I, it's just, it's what it is. I've seen it over and over again. I speak from a space of knowledge on this, not from a space of, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to hate on them. Please know that. Mm. But I think this needs to be looked at more clearly and it needs to be spoken about um, at, a, at an intellectual level. And I think what comes up for me, David, as you share that is, um, first off, I want to acknowledge there's all the research being done for people who are looking for uh, people who have experience with the plant medicine and can share from a, a authentic place. You know, there's the um, uh, Roland Griffith at um, Johns Hopkins, Andrew Huberman. Uh, he would be my go-to resource. I know he's talking about plant medicine and psychedelics a lot more. Mm -hmm. um, Andrew and he Huberman. had a huge, sorry. He had a huge, like 180 degree turn about face on it too. He was totally against it. I know. And, now, and he and changed now his mind. Like, yeah, and it's like thank you. <laughs> you know, and he cites <laughs> and he and he cites the he, he cites his research and the why of his 180 because of what his perspective was. He done mm -hmm. he's done the research and he um he surrounds himself with people who are having breakthroughs mm -hmm. and you know the clinical trials of you know treatment resistant um depression, PTSD, addiction, mm -hmm. smoking cessation. These are all irrefutable clinical trials in data and science of what's happening and why we're going to be changing the conversation when it comes to mental health, especially, especially because here we are, here we are mental health awareness month. It's appropriate. We're having this conversation and then coming back to like my experience, like if I didn't have my plant medicine journey, I could have went to talk therapy. I could have went on a, another antidepressant. 
And I could have spent years and years circling around the drain, having the same conversation, talking about the same things and not having access to the one thing that was getting in the way. Mm-hmm. And so that's, what's coming up for me, David. Like if I didn't do what I did and, and taken my health and wellness into my own hands to explore other healing modalities, the, the Western, the Western medicine approach, I could have went my whole life on an antidepressant in talk therapy circling around the things without getting to any resolution. And that's the power of plant medicine. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I feel the same way too. I would not be with my beautiful fiance, soon to be wife. Um, We work, in fact, you know, working with plant medicines at micro levels has been so beneficial of being able to talk through things because when we work with this medicine or taught how to work with the medicine in the proper way, we start to become more aware of not only our bodies, but we become more aware of our thoughts, our thought systems, our thought loops. We learn how to decouple from the emotional, whatever may be arising, because we're not taking it personal anymore. In fact, if anything, I find that plant medicines help to depersonalize um, a situation, a conversation, experience, or interaction. So that way we can go, okay, I hear you. Because oftentimes the thought loops are so loud in our heads that it's that thought loop that we give precedence and presence to rather than someone who's coming towards us with, you know, a a genuine concern or a care, or maybe they're seeing something that we're not seeing. And it pulls us out of that fight or flight of, oh my God, I'm doing something wrong. Like we're being attacked versus, okay, I hear you. I'll lean into this because I know that your interests you have me in your highest interest and you care about me and you love me. And, and you know, in, in what you said, Andrew, I struggled with something very similar too of that connection to the feminine. Um, and, and we can, you know, again, share some more stories later on if you want, but I also struggled with that. It was just like chronically dating. Women were the problem. It was all mm-hmm. their fault. I was the victim. And it's just like, you know, and, and it's all it really does is contribute to this negative cycle and just more toxic masculinity that's out there. And this perception that, you know what, guys can't stand up or guys can't hold space. And the truth is, is that once we actually do that inner work, we absolutely can hold space because it's all about um, if we're going to, I feel if we're going to identify with that, you know, uh, ideology, so to speak, then that means that I'm going to step into you know, uh, a very healthy, positive, strong role and hold space for others um, through presence rather than being pushed around by some external energy outside because, Mm. um, yeah, I'll leave it at that. (laughs) I appreciate you sharing that. And I think you hit on something like if like the toxic masculinity, um, like men were, were not asking for help and we are we're killing ourselves and hurting all those around us. And so mm-hmm. the, the the intention of this conversation comes back to this. To thy own self be true. And how dare I not have this conversation with my experience, my transformational experience with the plant medicine and the opportunity to step into a new possibility in a way with a woman in a relationship that I've never had access to that I've never, never been able to do because there was subconsciously a trauma and pain and suffering that was getting in the way of the one thing that I wanted most in life, mm-hmm. deep, intimate, loving connection. Mm-hmm. And we all deserve it. We're mm-hmm. all, 
we're all worthy of it and we all deserve it. <clears throat> and I just, I think of, man, I could have went my whole life thinking I was broken. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and man, I don't want that for anybody. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do. Thank you for sharing that. And again, thank you for your vulnerability, mm. because that's how I feel, too. It's like once you know something, I feel and this isn't a judgment towards others, but mm. this is just a personal. It's like once I know something that is like truth and gives me a full body sense of relaxation and a deep breath, then it becomes a responsibility to be able to articulate it and talk about it in a way that people can understand at all levels. You know, and the work that I do, I and, and my partner do, you know, we talk to clinicians, we talk to physicians, we talk to investors, but we also talk to the clients and the patients and those that may not be able to speak um, or have a, a background in this. And what we're finding actually is that there's quite a few physicians and clinicians, therapists that are already turning towards this and see that this is going to be the next revolutionary step. Um, you know, we recognize, you know, uh, we're on the front lines with this type of work. And we recognize also that this is going to be a multi, multi-billion dollar industry. And, you know, it's going to be one of those things. And, and I don't know quite how I feel about that, because sometimes when I think that then there's too much money involved in something, um, yes, you get to bring it to the light. But what is the actual, like, push behind that? Um, if we can provide some level of therapy to people that is cheaper at cost, that is reproducible, that we can help heal people that's not over the top, I think that we're going in the right direction. But if it's going to be one of those things where it's like, this is a $10,000, you know, therapy then, or, or 50 or whatever. I mean, I hear some drugs that are out there that are just absolutely insane how much people are having to pay for them then I don't necessarily think that that's the best option because it's not really, uh, you know, it might be great for some, but what about everybody else is struggling with that? Mm -hmm. um, I've seen people on three, four, five, six different types of medications all trying to balance themselves out chemically. And it's because these, you know, physicians and doctors, while I know that they have well-meaning behind it, all they're now doing is just playing this chemical game with the body rather mm. than like, let's get down to the actual root cause. We need to have a breakthrough. Now, having a safe space to do that, going back to set and setting is important because there needs to be that safe plate. If you're going to do that inner work and look inward, you need to feel safe. You need to feel like you're held. You need to feel like it is a controlled environment because some things that come up in a journey are very, very uncomfortable to look at. Most of the time, it's stuff that we don't want to look at day to day, but unfortunately, it is a subconscious operation that's going on in the back of our heads that is this cycle that's causing us to do the same things over and over and over again, like the need to pick up the phone, the first thing that we do in the morning and start scrolling, why we eat certain things over and over and over again, even though we know they aren't good for us, why we avoid exercise or why we you know, judge ourselves or why we do all of these different things. I have found that plant medicine has helped incredibly to be able to look at each one of these buckets. And it still does to this day because I still choose to work with it, but it helps me day to day to be able to understand like, okay, I can see how that wasn't contributing to my body. You know, in, in yoga, because I'm a yoga teacher, 
we talk about this thing called ahimsa, which is nonviolence. And it's about if I am, you know, I, I, I have a huge faith, by the way, but this is my body and this is my sanctuary. I see the world from this space. Therefore, why wouldn't I want this sanctuary to be as healthy and as clean and as mobile as possible and as strong as possible to enjoy this beautiful world around me and to be able to help as many people as possible? And when we start to have the insights that some of this medicine, because it is medicine, plant medicine can give us, we start to slowly but surely integrate. I mean, this has been seven years for me of just daily doing the work, but it's not like laborious work. It is work where it's like, all right, I got another day to do this. I got another day to make a healthy connection. I have another day for, I don't know how many days I have left, but I have another day to be able to do some inside work and to show up a little bit more for my partner, for my friends, for my clients, for everybody else. And because of that, it's like, why would I hate on life? Like life is giving me more than enough opportunity. And so again, I feel it's so important that once we begin to know the truth about something that we need to find that inner courage and that voice to speak up about it, rather than being inside of our heads about someone's gonna judge me because I'm doing this. Because guess what? Someone's going to judge you no matter what you do, and you cannot stop that. I'm sorry. You know, the haters are going to hate, and that's okay. But at the end of the day, if I'm showing up in my heart and speaking my truth as much as I can with an awareness over that, then I feel like I'm doing the work of something that is much greater than the idea of David or, you know, the, the ego that David sometimes can show up with. Mm. I'm doing work that is more rooted from the heart space. That lands so much and so appropriate, the timing of what you just said, David, because for so long I was worrying about what other people are going to think. Um, and when I when I shifted in, sh in heart versus head, heart, leading with the heart, leading with truth, mm -hmm. I've what's been the most rewarding is as I share more loudly because my intention is to share more loudly so others don't die quietly mm -hmm. and having people reach out and say, Hey, Andrew, thank you for shining the light of awareness on this topic. Um, mm -hmm. How can you give me, can you help me with having a deeper conversation and sharing your experience? Can you provide me some, some resources so I can, you know, embark on my own healing journey with plant medicine. Those are the most rewarding and they're happening more and more, especially for people in recovery. And, mm -hmm. you know, that's me standing in my truth at a time when we need it now more than ever. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, leading with the heart and leading with truth. Um, and it's just, uh, we need it now more than ever. Yes, absolutely. And you know that what I find is, and, and it's funny, my, my topic last week we were talking about in my class is truth. And, you know, understanding that if it was true yesterday, but not true today, and then not again true tomorrow, it's not true. Um, truth is something that, that goes well, well, well beyond just um, truth is one of these things that is a constant, that is unmoving. It is always, and, and so for instance, an example of that would be change. Change is a constant, that is a truth. Things are always constantly changing externally as well as internally. But what it does help us do is discover that inner truth about ourselves. that men that are out there, 
and this goes for the women too, but I know that um, there's a lot of struggling men. One, you're lovable. You're absolutely lovable. No matter what you did, no matter what you were, no matter everything, you're lovable. You're also forgivable because we're human beings and we've been conditioned by many, 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 many different layers and situations, which is why we have insecurities and fears and we're indoctrinated into that. I think that's important to understand that you're lovable, that you're enough, no matter what you do, you're enough. You're enough right now in this moment. And sometimes the mind tries to take that and go, no, I'm not, but only if I did this, or only if I had this, then I'll be enough. Only if I had a mm. partner, then I'll be enough. Or only if I had this car or work or job or whatever. It's always this external thing. No, 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 no. Plant medicines teach us fully that you are enough. You're lovable, you're forgivable, you're enough, and you're worthy. You're worthy of having a good life, no matter what someone outside of you told you. You know, because remember, we're working on generations of people from generations of people that were hurt. And so now we're taking advice from people that were hurt. And some of that advice is good, but some of that advice has also been damaging. And told us, you know, don't cry, don't be a baby, stop being a pussy, shut the, you know, all of these things that many men have been told over and over and over again, whether at the home or the schoolyard or wherever else. <clears throat> at a certain point, when we decide to do the work, we see that that all is just external white noise. And the plant medicine that I've found has helped me to be able to thread through that and see what's beneath all that layered and understand and know that, yes, indeed, there is this loving person and being beneath all of those layers. And when we choose to do the work and shed some of that, it really does shed a light. And then we begin to infect everything else around us with that new positive light, that mm. new positive work that we chose to do. Because at the end of the day, it comes down to choice. And we can either choose to accept that or choose not to accept that and blame the external world for all of our problems. Man, wow. What you just said at the end, what I hear, what I heard is taking radical responsibility for our health and our wellness and, mm -hmm. and having access and awareness that there's thing, there's healing modalities out there of plant medicine to help mm -hmm. us work through, not around the things that get in the way of us being our best self and highest good. Yes, absolutely. And so thank you, David, for, man, I just want to acknowledge you for how you've, how you showed up today. I want to acknowledge you for how you show up in, in your community. I want to acknowledge you, you for how you show up in your partnership with Shelly. Um, I think it's, you know, it's, I'm drawn to you for a reason. And um, I know so many other people are. So for people listening who want more of you, where can they go to find you, to follow you, um, to be in your sphere? Uh, sure. So uh, if you're on social media, uh, feel free to hit me up. I'm under David Romero. Uh, you can find me online, David Romero Yoga on YouTube. You can find me on Instagram at the Yogi Doctor, that's, uh, or DR, I should say, at T H E Y O G I D R. That's my initials. Um, you can find me and my partner at Illuminating Your Life, um, which is our handle uh, for our business, which is called Luminosity Life. And, you know, we are also doing educations around um, psilocybin because we feel this is something that's important to talk about more publicly. We're not, you know, just giving it to people or anything like that. 
but it's important to have these conversations so people are actually educated around it because we've been studying this for seven years and in that seven years of experiential wisdom of actually working with it, we have found all sorts of interesting data of how it affects the gut, of how it affects the brain, all sorts of really neat things. So if you're looking for a resource around that, please feel free to reach out because we'd love to, to, to connect with you and happy to educate because it's all about education and not going into something blindly. Absolutely, man. And uh, thank you for articulating a lot of the things that I was feeling. You put into words very beautifully what I wanted to say. And that's why I knew this conversation was going to be so powerful and appropriate at this time. So thank you, David. I appreciate you. Absolutely. Acknowledge you and uh, look forward to watching your continued success. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you, Andrew. All right, buddy. Thanks, everybody, for listening. See you next week.